It is Sunday, January 9th, 2011. This is U62 The Targ. I'm back. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62, the TAR. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Pappas. On this week's show, we're talking about geek culture, we're talking about the Star Wars movies on Blu-ray, and we're talking about the World Junior Hockey Championships. It's episode 4.13, Normalcy. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. U62 the Tar, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Camp is here, and welcome to this week's episode of the Targ. I am back. Here I am. I know I took the last couple of weeks off from my Christmas vacation. I was hoping to do some Class B shows in order to work ahead a little bit, but you know how it is. Time gets away on me. Christmas is always a very busy time in my day job, so every waking minute was done doing day job stuff. But Christmas is done, 2011 is here, and we are all getting back in our respective grooves. Ah, feels nice to be grooving again. Anyway, while I was off on Christmas vacation, I did wind up reading this very interesting article. Are you familiar with the stand-up comic Patton Oswalt? Uh, you know, he did the voice of Remy the Rat in Ratatouille. He was on King of Queens for a while. If you've ever listened to any of his stand-up comic act, uh, he is quite the geek. He's always doing stuff on Star Wars and Star Trek and Dungeons and Dragons. He's just a really funny guy. But over the Christmas vacation, I was reading this article that he'd written, and essentially what he was saying is that geek culture is now dead. And he makes a very valid argument for it. You know, back when I was going through college and high school and stuff like that, the internet wasn't really around yet. So if you wanted to learn more about Star Trek, what you had to do was watch every episode obsessively and eventually seek your way to conventions and stuff like that. But as Mr. Oswald points out, you don't need to do that anymore. A good example is my recent exposure to Doctor Who. You know, there when the, when the, um, uh, uh, I forgot the word. When this revival first began back in 2005, I watched a few episodes, I liked it, but did I have to start seeking out other episodes of Doctor Who? No, all I had to do was go online, go to Wikipedia, go to a few Doctor Who websites, and boom! I instantly knew everything about Doctor Who. So there you go. That's what he was getting at when he said geek culture is dead. Because now anyone can become a geek for anything just by doing 10 minutes worth of research on the internet. And I was like, dude, you know, this is so true. I'll never forget two years ago, 2009, when the brand new Star Trek film came out. There I was, killing time, checking out chapters before the movie started, and there were a bunch of 17-year-old girls next to me. I was overhearing their conversation, and they were all like, Oh my god, this Star Trek looks so awesome! I'm totally a geek for Star Trek now! Eee! And there I am, 
where the hell were you when I was 17 years old and going through high school and watching Star Trek and girls like you wouldn't give me the time of day. But there you go, thanks to some clever marketing and the internet allowing us to be a geek for anything, suddenly there's all these 17-year-old girls out there into Star Trek. Ah, I wish I could be 17 again. Let's unveil my new feature, shall we? From all the corners of the globe, Hollywood, Tokyo, London, Winnipeg, it's time for the weekly movie news. All right, gang, here it is. This is what I cooked up to replace Too Hot for Radio. Welcome to the first installment of the weekly movie news. Since I'm always scanning those movie gossip websites, I thought I may as well do a recap of some of the headlines that caught my eye. First up, because you know me, I'm a massive Pixar junkie. Well, we have our first rumored plotline for Monsters, Inc. 2. Apparently, Monsters, Inc. 2 is going to be a prequel and focus on the adventures of Sully and Mike when they first meet each other in college and set out to go work for Monsters, Inc. Yeah, I still kind of disagree with Pixar doing sequels to everything. Monsters, Inc. 2 is currently scheduled for release in 2012. Speaking of things that are kind of pointless, uh, don't forget, once again, they are trying to do an American remake of Godzilla. The new American remake is being put together by Legendary Pictures. Uh, they're a branch of Warner Brothers that seems to be doing a lot of the DC Comics adaptations right now. Uh, they did Superman Returns and they've done the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. They also did Inception, speaking of Christopher Nolan. Anyway, they are in charge of the new American remake of Godzilla and they have just signed Gareth Edwards to be the director. Uh, Gareth Edwards is a hot young talent out of England. Uh, he did a little independent film called Monsters, which is about monsters on the border of Mexico and the USA and people trying to get through them to the USA. Very popular on the film festival circuit. This is going to be his first big-time Hollywood film. Going to be interesting to see what he comes up with. Speaking of director attachments, I have news about Mick G. Mick G, of course, did the Charlie's Angels films, and he also did um, uh, the last Terminator film, Terminator Salvation. Well, he just signed on to do another movie version of a board game. The board game he is doing, the Ouija board. Yes, that little thing where you're able to communicate with spirits from beyond the grave. Rather than going the slasher film, horror film route, uh, McGee says he wants to do a family-friendly adventure film, kind of like The Goonies and Jumanji. No word yet on when that's going to be hitting theaters. And one last thing I want to mention, I know a buddy of mine keeps asking me about G.I. Joe 2. Are they making another G.I. Joe film? Yes, they are. Sad news, however, Steven Summers, who directed the first G.I. Joe film and the first two Mummy movies, he has officially pulled out of doing G.I. Joe 2. So Paramount, they are now on the lookout for a new director for G.I. Joe 2. Paramount is still hoping to have G.I. Joe 2 in theaters for summer 2012. And that's the movie news for this week. You're listening to Mark Kappas. It's clear to all of you that I am awesome. On U62, The Targ. Sometimes I feel there's nothing I can do to make up for 
travel on I wish I lamented that the only way I seem to discover new music is when it's used on TV commercials. That song right there is currently used in the uh, commercial for the 2011 Volkswagen Jetta. It's called More of This. It's by a group called Vetiver, and you just heard it here on U62 The Targ. Good afternoon. Mark Camp is still here with you. And, you know, talking about instantly becoming a geek for anything, I'm thinking, you know, that can easily be applied to sports as well. You know, 
On Boxing Day, that's when the World Junior Hockey Championship started. And as I was watching a little bit of it on TV, as I was reading up on some of the hype for it, I just started thinking, wow, the World Juniors are such a manufactured event. There I was watching CTV News, and there the uh, reporter was going on and on. Oh, watching the World Junior Hockey Championships is a long-standing Canadian tradition. I just heard that and I thought, is it? Is it really? Because I didn't hear anything at all about the World Junior Hockey Championship until about three years ago. And that's when they got Stephen Harper to do commercials for it and everything. I posted that on Twitter. I'm like, gee, everyone's talking about it being a proud Canadian tradition, but no one heard of it until about three years ago. And, you know, I started getting comments on Facebook and Twitter. Well, that's not true. You know, I remember being 10 years ago when knee-high to a grasshopper and watching it with my daddy on TV. Well, if that's the case, then good on you. Well, maybe it's one of those things where, you know, cable TV wasn't in enough homes and it wasn't getting a lot of coverage until the last three years or so. All I know is suddenly the World Junior Hockey Championship is everywhere when it starts on Boxing Day. And as I said, I never even heard of it until about three years ago. So I'm going on record as saying the World Junior Hockey Championship is just a manufactured event that no more than the seasoned sports geeks didn't know about until about five years ago. Does that make sense? Let me try and say that again. World Junior Hockey Championship is a manufactured event. Nothing but the hardcore sports fanatics knew about it until about five years ago when there was enough cable television that it started getting lots of mainstream coverage. That's what I was trying to say. There you go. I, You know, I should follow the advice of what they told me in broadcast school. I really should write this down and get my thoughts straight before I just start rambling like this because that's when I got to go back and start staying stuff over again. Ah, you know what else they taught me in broadcast school? When you run out of things to talk about, that's when you should go to a song. Here's 303 on the Targ. My first kiss went a little like this. And twist. And twist. Well, my first kiss went a little like this. And twist. And twist. I said, no more teachers and no more books. I got a kiss under the bleachers hoping that nobody looked. Licorice, tongue like candy Excuse me miss, but can I get you out your purse? In the back of the car, on the way to the bar I got you on my lips, I got you on my lips At the foot of the stairs, with my fingers in your hair Baby, this is it She won't ever get enough, once she gets a little touch If I had it my way, you know that I'd make a say
little touch If I had it my way, you know that I'd make a say featuring Kesha with My First Kiss here on U62 The Targ. Good afternoon, Mark Kapp is here with you. And you're probably wondering, hey, where's What's Wrong With Society this week? Well, it's like this. I sat down to uh, put my thoughts on paper, and nothing was coming to me. I couldn't think of anything that was wrong with society this week. I guess my Christmas vacation did an absolutely wonderful job of completely relaxing me and centering me, and thus... I can't find any fault with society this week. But don't worry, I'm sure in the week ahead I'll stub my toe or something, and that'll give me lots to rant about on the next episode. So let's skip straight to fishing in the discount bin, shall we? Fishing in the discount bin! Alright, welcome to this week's installment of Fishing in the Discount Bin. What did I toss in the DVD player this week? Now you gotta remember, when I watch these movies and then write the notes on them and sit down to record them, sometimes a few months pass uh, between when I watched the movie, when I wrote the notes, and when I recorded this. For example, this one, I watched this movie back at Halloween, and now here it is at January, and I'm finally getting to doing it here on Fishing in the Discount Bin. Why, what do you think is the most appropriate movie I watched on Halloween? What better than the very first DVD I ever bought? Ghostbusters. What a true classic of the 1980s. What a true classic of my childhood. I even went as a Ghostbuster one year for Halloween. All throughout my childhood, this movie was a staple of friends' birthday parties and sleepovers. Whenever a bunch of us nine-year-olds got together, Ghostbusters would eventually be tossed into the VCR. It's one of those films where now that I'm a grown-up and watching it, I'm really surprised my parents let me watch it as much as they did. There is so much sexual innuendo in the jokes and the gags. I remember running around quoting lines from it, not quite exactly sure what those lines were. It's true, this man has no dick. Hilarious when I was nine, but now I fully realize how dirty it is. Lots of quotable lines still for a nine-year-old, though. Hey, where do those stairs go? They go up. Let me know when we reach 20. I want to throw up. Ah, so awesome. And again, the stories about the making of this film have been written to death. Peter Venkman was originally created for Dan Aykroyd's good friend John Belushi, but Belushi's untimely death led to it being written for Bill Murray. Lewis Tully was originally written for John Candy, but Candy backed out because he just didn't understand the script. Apparently Candy wanted Lewis Tully to be German with a couple of big pet Rottweilers. However, Candy did recommend his old SCTV co-star Rick Moranis for the role, and the rest is history. Eddie Murphy was even considered for Winston Zeddemore, but they figured they already had so many comedians in the cast, they figured the role would best be filled with an everyman type to speak for the audience. So they picked the legendary Ernie Hudson. Yeah, it's one of those ones, I'm not sure what more I can say. Ghostbusters is just part of the general background noise of my childhood, and it's still funny after all these years. And that's Fishing in the Discount Bin. 
Fishing in the Discount Bin, brought to you by RentMoviesOnline.com. Is going down to the video store too much social interaction for you? RentMoviesOnline.com. Ah, yes, Ghostbusters. As I said, that was the very first DVD I ever bought. It's available on Blu-ray now, but I'm not feeling the rush to um, upgrade all my DVDs to Blu-ray. I think I've rambled about that in a previous podcast, but you know what? Here is one that I will be upgrading to Blu-ray. They finally announced this week Star Wars coming to Blu-ray. Well, I know back in August at the whole Star Wars celebration thing, they announced that it was coming in 2011. Well, at the Consumer Electronics Show this past week, they announced the exact month. Star Wars on Blu-ray is going to be coming out this September, and it's going to be available in three different boxed sets. Box set the first, the prequel trilogy. I'm sure you can figure out what the. I'm sure you can figure out what all's in that. The second box set, the original trilogy. Dun dun dun. But for the geeks like me, we are gonna want to go with the third box set, the Star Wars saga. All six movies plus. Three discs of bonus features. They're still being coy on what the bonus features are, but they are promising never-before-seen deleted scenes and, quote, an exploration of the Star Wars archives. In all, more than 30 hours worth of bonus materials. That is coming out this September, and the Star Wars Saga 9-disc box set is going to run you about $180. So there's the thing. If I want my flat screen TV so I can enjoy Star Wars in high definition, September 2011 is now my deadline. Time to start saving up the money. But anyway, that's about all I have for this week's show. It's good to be back from the vacation, and here's hoping we can keep the tar going in 2011. Don't forget, you can check out all the various corners of my online empire. Follow me on Twitter, twitter.com slash chaosinabox. Be my friend on Facebook, facebook.com slash chaosinabox. And don't forget my official website, the main hub of it all, chaosinabox.com. I'm Mark Kappas. This has been the Targ. I will see you next week. of another exciting episode of The Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of The Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production. Well, that was pointless. Yeah.